everybody, welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Mike Ellen, as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Woo! And once again, we're picking a DC comic book here. Why don't you tell everybody what we're reading? Well, it's your pick, Michael. Why don't you tell the people? Okay, fine. It's another Charlton superhero uh, published by DC, The Question, by Denny O'Neill, Dennis Cowan, and some other people. Number one. From 1987. Yeah. Now, Michael, uh, I didn't know much about The Question. Okay. So I uh, did some research on them. And I'm going to tell you all about that research that I did right now. Sure. All right, here we go. Can't oh, wait. Do, do, do you know his real name, the character's real name? They mentioned it in the book. Yeah. Um, it's Victor Sejazm. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> yeah, I want, it. I just wanted to ski, try and say it. Uh, his uh, real name is Charles Victor Saz, I guess. S-Z-A-S-Z. Saz? I guess so, yeah. That is a terrible name for a character. Ah, but it's cool. You know why it's cool, right? <laughs> why is it cool? Oh, crap. No, it's not cool. Because <laughs> I thought when I was reading the book, what are those words called where you can spell them both? I, like a, <laughs> I believe a palindrome, right? A, pa- sp- like yeah. a palindrome? And I thought it was when I was reading it, but when I look at Wikipedia, it's not a palindrome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's a terrible name. I don't know. Have you ever encountered anyone in all your travels, Michael, whose last name is Saz? Oh, yeah. Up in Canada, it's like Smith. They're everywhere. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I guess he also goes by the alias Victor Sage. Right. So, uh, and he was created by Steve Ditko. Yes. First appearance was on Charlton Comics' Blue Beetle issue 1, 1967. We uh, did a Blue Beetle on this here show not too long ago. That's right. And it was terrible. It was awesome. Uh, so now, yes. After the question, uh, but Michael, the question was a watered down version of Ditko's Mister A. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was first, so Mister A was first then. Yeah, he created Mister A. For those not familiar with Mister A, <laughs> when Ditko left uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, there he, he did his own thing and he created this character, and he was way into objectivism mm-hmm. and Ayn Rand. Are you familiar with your objectivism, Michael? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, did you ever read any Ayn Rand? No, what about you? Yeah, Fountain really? Head, Atlas Shrugged, and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm a literature major, my girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, uh, she, I never liked her. Terrible. Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> objectivism. Uh, here's a quote by Ayn Rand to describe what objectivism is. My philosophy, in essence, is the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life with productive achievement has his noblest activity and reason as his only absolute. So yeah, just think of all the things in the world that, that make the world terrible. That's basically people. Yeah, that's, love that's the way I understand it. Yep. <laughs> A bunch of selfish jerks, the objectivists. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he was way into that Ditko. So he mm-hmm. created Mr. A, who is kind of like uh, really hardcore. He would be kind of a... Uh, uh, dick to his uh, villains, <laughs> you know. He, right. he, he wasn't like, oh, you know, Spider Man. He was dickish. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so that was he was a little too hardcore though for Charlton Comics, so he decided to like water it down a bit, and he created the question. Interesting. So, okay. Kind of like the same guy, but just not quite as uh, way into objectivism. Sure. You know? 
So the question was featured in backup stories of the Blue Beetle, but uh, Charlton ended their uh, line of action heroes in December 1967, just four issues after the Blue Beetle had been published. Ooh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, there's been several volumes of the Blue Beetle over the years. Like that, I think that was volume two, even. I think there's one in 1964. Okay. But uh, then I think they did put out a fifth issue later. Um, wait, let me read this note here. Yeah, a three-part qu- question story, which Ditko had already penciled, appeared in a one-shot comic book called Mysterious Suspense mm. in October 1968, and one fifth and final issue of Blue Beetle featuring the question was published in November of that same year. So, almost a year later, they put out another issue. But, Interesting. Um, huh. It was already done, all that work, so nothing new. But then uh, DC bought the Charlton characters. Uh, what year was that, Michael? 1983? Uh, around there, yep. Yep. So then in 1987, the question got his own series, which we'll be reading here today, and it lasted 36 issues. Yeah. I, I guess he also appeared briefly in Crisis. Uh, uh, probably like one panel, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is the first uh, reintroduction of the question. And then, Michael, you said he also inspired uh, Rorschach? Yes. All of the characters in Watchmen are based on Charlton characters, and obviously Rorschach is based on the question. Yeah, not to be confused with Horshack. (laughs) Right. Welcome back, Cotter. Right. He did not inspire Horshack. (laughs) All right. Uh, So uh, what else about the question here, Michael? Why don't you, uh, what's his his big gimmick? He's known for, uh, he's very distinctive looking. Tell the kids about his basic gimmick. Well, he wears a suit and, uh, you know, like a, what's that, what kind of hat is that? Whatever kind of hat. Fedora? Fedora. But the key thing about him is he has no face. Yeah. His eyes and mouth and nose, it's all like clogged up. Right. With skin. Because uh, I was wondering about this, because you think with no face, uh, like maybe Cobra Commander-ish? You know how Cobra Commander had that mask, the silver mask that was yeah. flat? So you think, well, maybe that's kind of what it is, just flat. But he actually still has, like if you looked at him from the side, he still has a profile. Yeah, so basically, I think, and to be honest, I hadn't really read much question before this, but it's just like some kind of material that's just put over his face. Yeah, it's a, it's like a silly putty. That he, he puts on his face and then he sprays it with a special gas. Uh-huh. And the gas molds it to his face and it adheres there. And he can breathe through it and see through it and everything. Right. Um, but uh, it just covers up his whole face. Now, there is a key difference between the original question and this question. Okay. Maybe I'll wait till we get into the book and I'll point it out. But um, yeah, do you. How do you feel about the? Uh, you can still see his nose because I, I don't. Would it be cooler if it was like flat? Like a well, okay. I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm just asking. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, like I'd have to kind of look at the book, but again, but like even the opening. We'll talk about this in a minute. But this opening splash page, I love that shot of his face, and you can see his nose there. Is that what you mean? Just the outline of his face, like this, or his nose, yeah, the silhouette. Yeah, they show they show they show like shadowing where his eye sockets. And his, I think that's okay. The nose would be, you know, what you I mean? just think it should be completely flat. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Just eh. wondering. I don't know. I'm not saying it would be. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. I like them both. Right. Now, should we point out the question also appears in the Justice League Unlimited uh, cartoon? You and could point that out if yeah. you want. 
But yeah, I don't think would and care. it's really right. cool. Yes. Well, more people have seen that cartoon than will ever read a comic book. So. Uh, you know. So is he like in that cartoon? Is he is he like Rorschach, or is he, he yes. a little he, softer? He's softer than Rorschach. He's kind of in between. He he's got a very interesting, like unique voice, like not what you'd expect from an animated, you know, TV show. And uh, they really play up his paranoia, like like to like they make it a little bit funny. Like I think in one episode he believes that the Girl Scouts are like a cover for some secret organization or something like that. Like, he's always got something going, you know? Like, all these... It's almost like Agent Mulder. Like, he's got all these crazy theories and he thinks they're all true and I think most of them are true, but they kind of play it for laughs a little bit. But he is a really cool character in that show. Yeah, we should point out his uh, his alter ego, is the Victor Sage alias he goes by, he's an investigative journalist. Right. And he's always investigating corruption. And he does have a lot of uh, conspiratorial thoughts and uh, thinking, uh-huh. you know. And so he's always thinking something's going on. Uh, so that's cool because I'm a proud conspiracy theorist and I, I enjoy that. But uh, I got to tell you, Mike, I was really, spoiler alert, I was really disappointed in this uh, book. Well, that's, that you there. skip right to the end there. What yeah. happened? <laughs> I was very, I was actually looking forward to this. Ah, oh, this might be pretty cool. Well, I'll say I'll say one thing. There's some things I really liked and some things I really didn't like, but I'll save that for the end. All right, let's get into. The, uh, well, real quick, we already talked about these creators in the past, but uh, Denny O'Neill, uh, he, uh, we, well, Dennis O'Neill, right? Yeah, both. Yeah, um, my father <laughs> is a police officer, and one of his fellow coworkers was named Denny O'Neill, so that's why ah, I was named Denny O'Neill. Really? But uh, Dennis O'Neill, uh, he wrote all 36 issues of this year book. And uh, so and we've talked about him many times on the show. He did a lot of Batman stuff. So. Yeah. And very, in my opinion, mixed bag. Like he's kind of got this legendary reputation, but I have not really enjoyed much of what, I, what I've read from him, you know? So, yeah, I, I seem to recall. Did he write that one? Remember that one uh, Christmas Batman story that was really bad? Yes. Remember? Yes, that was him. Exactly. It was terrible. <laughs> he also had a run on Spider-Man. that was terrible. He had a run on Iron Man. was terrible. <laughs> Daredevil run was terrible, so... So if that doesn't get you excited for this question book, Woo! I don't know what will. Here we go. Uh, the artist, uh, Dennis Cowan, and he spells Dennis D-E-N-Y-S. Yeah, weird. Anyway. Uh, now, <laughs> I wasn't sure if we'd ever done a book by him, but we had Mike L. Yes! Would you uh, like to tell the kids? Detective Comics number, was it 600? It was 600, the one yes. that Cousin Brandon picked. Yes! Remember that? <laughs> Under no duress from me, anyway. But yeah, I couldn't remember, because when I started looking him up, I'm like, wait a minute, I know this guy. We've talked about this before, because he was like Rich Buckler's assistant and everything. So I'm like, right. I know I did all this research before. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, Detective Comics 600. I didn't remember it, and neither did Cousin Brandon, because he fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> right, right. This but is uh, true. Dennis Cowan, he drew issues 1 through 19, and then 21 through 36. So he just missed issue 20. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, fuck you. But all right, those are the uh, creators. Well, we should. And, are we going to talk about who did the cover? Well, yeah. When we look at it right now. All right. Look at that cover. It's a great cover. Yes, this is by Bill Sinkevich, who's famous for many things: New Mutants, uh, Moon Knight. Um, I mean, well, he's also just kind of like known as an experimental kind of abstract artist. But he's still, you know, working today, and he's one of my favorites. I love him. Uh, he's more like graphic designing. Yeah, and, uh, great, yeah. He, paint, he paints all his covers. And uh, this cover is spectacular. But Michael, notice how Sienkiewicz draws the question. 
See what I'm saying? Good point. No features on the face, just a blank. That's true. Just flat. And I think this is better. Yeah, you could be right. Yep. Yeah, basically this cover, so we got the question in the center. We have a kind of smoky or scribbly question mark going around his face. Then Yeah, it's it's like gun smoke. Like okay. the smoke yeah. out of a gun. Right. Spiraling up into be a question. Yeah. Right. And then we have um the the cover is kind of divided into panels, sort of. Um there is a on on the left side on the left panel there's a that's uh, Lady Shiva. She's holding a gun. That's inside or, another. Or as I like to call her, Electra. It looks just like a little bit, a little bit. You could say that. <laughs> yep. Same little head bandana and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's holding a gun, and that's where the smoke is coming out of. And then at the you notice, bo- Sinkevich puts a little yellow box around the gun and everything. The high right. gun. And- yep. Smart. Good design. And then sort of at the bottom right. Well, no, actually on the right we have three kind of gangsters with guns kind of looking cool. And then in the middle of all this, there's a picture of a, like a full body shot of the question. And then below that, there's another scene of a bunch of cops uh, getting shot at by another guy. So it's a very complex, busy cover, but it all works. De- design wise, it's perfect. Yeah. And there was a cop dead. Right. In the, uh, in the foreground. And it's painted. Bit. I don't think I mentioned that, but this is a painted cover. So yeah. Yeah. I mentioned he does the painting. And everything. So, uh, yeah, Sienkiewicz, when you see it, you know, oh my God, it's Bill Sienkiewicz. As soon as you see it. Right. One other thing I'll point out is in this book, I believe they use the word ass. So I can only assume this was mature readers, but it doesn't say so on the cover. So I don't know. I didn't even didn't even catch them using the word ass. Yep. I must have missed it. Uh, but yeah, Mike, I'll look, notice uh, no corner box. We got the DC uh, slug there in the top left, and then we just get number one over in the top right. Very cool. Yep. See, this is what I'm talking about. When you lose that corner box, it, it makes it more symmetrical, and that's why I like it. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And the question itself, the logo, uh, it's nice. It's purple and yellow, a nice right. font. And then you got a question mark in the middle of the queue, with the the in the middle of the question mark. It's great. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, this cover's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. The cover's great. Yep. But, uh, it's all downhill from here. All right, so. <laughs> we open it up. So, I got to point out, uh, when I was a kid, I used to collect, um, it was called DC Currents. It was this little, I think, four or eight page little giveaway that you'd get in comic shops. And it would always show these comic covers inside. And I remember, I believe this was one of them. Because I remember staring at this opening splash page and thinking, this is so cool. We got this guy in this trench coat with a fedora hat on. And this rain is coming down. And it's dripping down the side of his hat, but his face is completely black. I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, and, and he's standing outside like some little shack. Right. And he's and he, inside the window, you see some guys like, uh, looks like they're playing cards or something underneath one single light. Right. Very cool. Yep. And uh, yeah, so it's called The Bad News. And we got some um, third person narration here, right? Pretty, I guess, noir-esque narration. It's pretty good. Denny O'Neill. And um, he's describing kind of like, you know, the question state of mind. Basically, questions outside. He kicks the door in. And these guys, I guess they're already standing up. And then he starts elbowing and punching these people. Putting one guy through a TV. While the woman in the room, who we later find out is Lady Shiva, kind of just stands by and watches, right? She doesn't get involved. Yeah, he, here's here's the problem I have with this uh, opening sequence. Like you said, he kicks in the door, and then you said the guys are already standing up because we just that's their yeah. we just see them standing. That's not good. 
we need to see him kicking in the door and their reaction to it. You know, and this goes back to I believe we've talked about that book, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, right? Have we? Yeah, it's, it's excellent. Oh yeah, we've mentioned it several. Yeah, times. so like even that shot of him kicking the door, it's not a very good shot. No, the legs and, stiff. Right, yeah. and if it was from the inside, it would have been cool to see. Yes. But even the, the next shot, the guys are already there. Wouldn't you like to see a shot of them kind of like? getting up from the table, like, all shocked, right? And then yeah. he comes in and starts fighting. So, like, you're right. Like if it's... Kirby's doing this, the camera's inside the room, we're getting a shot of them reacting to him yep. kicking in the door from, like, he's in the, like, the left side of the panel, maybe, and they're in the foreground up here close. Right. He's kicking it in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't like that. And also, we have no idea that that lady's in the room until, like, exactly. the first time she appears, it's a close-up of her face. It's a nice close-up good looking lady but you know um we have no idea who she is what she is because we haven't established the characters in the scene so it's i like, agree wait, what is happening so yeah this opening sequence is pretty clunky i agree i agree and then like we, we we follow it up like a guy pulls out a gun and he's sort of in the foreground questions in the background then question throws a chair at him then hits him over the head with it and yes, yes, the thing he doesn't. I thought he threw. Yeah, it's weird because I yeah. thought he threw. But he just swung the chair apparently to knock the gun out, and then swung the chair. And then swung it, yeah. You know, but it, I don't know. It's again weird. Yeah, bad storytelling. But, right. So then, and then, so then you see a guy coming from behind the question, but again, it's not very dramatic because it kind of comes from an off-panel, hits question on the yeah. side of the head. Yeah, you don't. If you're not looking carefully, you will not notice a guy coming up yeah. behind the question. Right, it's poorly done. And so then the guy's down, and then they're like, let's see who he is. And then, um it, um, it ain't coming off. It's his face. So then he fights back, and then there's more elbowing and punching. And how, then... How, how does he, like, he fights back. The guy's trying to pry the mask off his face. He's really up close to him, yet somehow question kicks him in the face with his left foot. <laughs> yeah, you're possible. right. You're right. How would that be possible? It's impossible. Yeah. Um, and then the question's like, the tape... And basically, so there's the MacGuffin. He wants this tape. And um, and then, of course, the guy is like, uh, yeah, well, uh, give me this is probably going to get me bad hurt. So answer me this. Who are you? So he just hands over the tape. Yeah. And, then the, and then the question hands him a blank piece of paper. And then the paper starts smoking. And then a question mark appears. And it's kind of cool. But then the guy says, question mark? And it's crap. <laughs> and it's completely ruined. And then the girl says, you are half right. And then it cuts to the question getting into a <laughs> red so, Volkswagen. This is so dumb. I know. Why, of all the things, you have this really supposedly badass superhero. And like, all right, what's his car going to be? I don't know. Uh, like a Mustang or something like a, a, a Corvette. Or Corvette, a, yeah. No, let's make it a red Volkswagen punch bug. A little Volkswagen right. Beetle. Right. What? Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> so dumb. <sighs> so uh, wait, wait, we should mention, by the way, uh, you mentioned he wears a suit and a fedora. Uh, it, like in this, the suit is always like a bluish suit, like mm -hmm. a neat uh, suit, kind of you know, just typical suit that you wear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, then he has like a, a bright orange shirt. Right. All right, and just keep that. That's his outfit. Has the question. Yes. And yes. also. When his fedora gets knocked off, like his hair is still there, so he has blonde mm -hmm. hair, right? And um, but just the features, like just his eyes, his nose, and his mouth are covered up. But his face is still the same shape, still has the blonde hair, still wears a blue sh suit with an orange shirt. Keep that, in mind. and he wears right. black leather gloves, I guess. Right. right. 
So then he, is, he gets in the car, and the first thing he does is he takes off his mask. So now we see his real face. Um, which kind of kills a little bit of the mystique, but whatever. So then we yeah, get another... I guess the way he takes it off, like it, there's gas he has to spray on it. Right. It looks like there's gas around his face here. So Right. And that dissolves the chemicals or whatever. So then, so then the next page, some co- he uh, he drives by some cops, a parked car, and the cops are are tr- they try to pull him over. But then again, we get an awkward scene where yeah, do they pull him up? Like I don't understand yeah, this either. It's confusing because he <laughs> he sees the cops and then he uh, activates some leather, and then the next panel we just see a cop car and some papers flying, and then they go. Do you see that? So is the implication that he drove by them, that he passed them, that he took off? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, because he was already past them. Yeah, exactly. Like, they were chasing him from the rear. And then, yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, so then we see the same car that he was just driving. Because instead of, you know, switching cars he and having, like, a secret identity car, he uses, yeah. he uses the same car. So now he's parked at the TV station he works for, and this yeah. is where we know it's for adults because the guy says, I'll have his ass for this. You see? Uh-huh. The second panel there. <laughs> yeah, um, so anyway, so then Vic Sage comes in, and he gives them a cassette tape. And uh, basically... Oh, crap. Every time I click on something, I get an ad here. Okay, so then he goes on TV, and without even really telling the station what it is he's going to do, he spills the beans on, um, like, a bunch of things. Like, he's talking about the mayor, Wesley Furman, and how there's corruption in the Parks Department and the Parking Violations Bureau, and and then the corruption spreads to the Board of Education, and then they sh- they play a tape, and they, they're like, recognize the guy with the nose candy? That's... Mitchell Duhan, our commissioner of schools. And so then the, the, the producer of the TV station is like, kill the tape! But the tape keeps playing. And so basically, he's exposing all these politicians in the city, right? About, yeah, with you that know, videotape that he got from the little shack. Right. And then we, then we cut to the, some people watching him on the news delivering this report. Right. Like uh, that lady and the guy who uh, was in the shack that, you know, he gave him the tape and on some other big bosses. They're watching this report. They're watching this reporter, Victor Sage, on the news with his blonde hair, blue suit, bright orange shirt. Well, wait, wait. Yeah, it is. It is orange. You're right. You're right. <laughs> he doesn't change his clothes. He doesn't change anything. He just goes right from being the question mark to going on TV to talk about this tape that he stole from them. These people are watching this. And they're like, how did he get that tape? It must have been that yeah. faceless guy that gave it to him. Wait, no, it's the same guy. How could you not Yikes. think it's the same guy? It's pretty bad. And this is that... And this is that key detail I wanted to mention uh, from the first question back in the Blue Beetle days in 1967. Back then, Ditko made it so that when he turned into the question, he put that putty on his face, sprayed himself with the gas, and the gas reacts with the chemicals in the putty, but it also reacted with chemicals in his hair and his clothing. So his clothing changed and his hair changed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that then, you know, because he goes from being a blonde guy in like a blue suit to being a, a black haired guy in a gray suit. You know what I mean? So he's, sure, he's sure. different, you know, in some way. Yeah. But and that's, this is exactly the same guy. See, and that's an uh, that's a pretty cool low tech disguise, right? Like just, yeah. you just kind of spray some gas and you completely change. That's a really cool idea. I like that. Yeah, because of like the shampoo he uses or whatever and the laundry detergent, it changes. You know, so right. I'm like, all right, I'll buy right. into that, whatever. But this is risk ridiculous. Right. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
So yeah, yeah. who are these bad guys then watching Mike? Yeah, some pastor guy, some like preacher. And, yeah, uh, well, it's actually so it's a mayor, and uh, yeah, a preacher. What do they call him? Um, Reverend. Reverend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reverend. And uh, and then Lady Shiva's there as well, right? Yep. And uh, then they're like, um, you know, I provide my. Then she's like. Um, I do not. I provide my services for a fee. I do neither less nor more than I was requested. I was not requested to protect a videotape nor to nurture the inept. Right. So. Yeah, because they were mad at her not joining in the fight when in the right. question showed up. Right, because she just stood there. Right. So yeah, because when we saw the opening, we didn't know anything about her. We just think she's just some innocent girl who just happens yeah. to be there. Right. So then. Maybe one of their girlfriends or something. Hang right. Out. Right. But, uh, so then. Um, so then, basically. So now, who's this guy? I don't even remember. Is this the same guy? No. Well, they're, uh, the scene cuts because they're, uh, someone tipped him off about the tape was hidden there at the shack. So they think this guy tipped him off. Uh, what right. What do they call him? Milty? Milty. So now we cut to an alley, and there's Milty up against a wall. And the, the dudes that got beat up in the shack are now, like, interrogating him to see, uh, hey, did you tip him off where the, the tape was and whatnot? And, uh... And he's not talking to him. So there's one fellow. What's his name? Baby boy or something? Baby uh, gun? Or... Baby, baby gun. Yep. Baby gun. Like a fat dude with, uh, he's always eating candy bars. Look at all the candy bars in his pockets, Mike. Right, right. He's, uh... and, and he has a little air pellet gun that can kill you if he gets real close to you. So he shoots the dude in the head and kills him. Well, and this is, again, not great art because we see the gun up to the guy's temple. The next panel, it's the the other guy looking at him. Then the next panel is which guy is that reacting? I can't even tell. Is it that guy? That's the oh. guy getting shot in the head because you okay. can see the barrel popping up a little bit. But yeah, uh, he's an African American fella, and, and he's got like an afro. Right. And then when he's shot, it that doesn't look like an afro. That looks no. Like a, it, it almost looks like the other guy. And the, hair. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And the colors all screwed up because the red the wall goes completely red. He goes completely kind of like off pink and then the next panel he's just kind of slumped in like the garbage in the alley but it doesn't really all flow together at all yeah 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 storytelling yeah. is an issue here for uh, dennis cowan in this book. yep yeah. for sure so then um oh, and then by the way we, i forgot to mention that throughout the story the narration has been counting down how long oh, that's right. Victor Sage has to live. So Charles Victor Sage has 16 hours and 14 minutes to live. And it's been counting down the whole issue. Yeah, I so forgot now, about that. Yeah, so now he's with his girlfriend, Mira. Yeah, look at her. Yep, looking good. Um, they're kind of just going back and forth. And what does her shirt say? I think Is it Hard Rock Cafe? Oh, no. I can't tell. I think they show it later on. Yeah, that seems what it is from that first panel. Yeah. But yeah, they're uh, they're waking up in the morning, you know, and uh, uh, she's just in her underpants and a shirt, and he's getting mm-hmm. cleaned up for work, and of course he puts on his orange shirt. Yeah. And uh, and she notices, oh, oh, this is my favorite part, Michael. She notices that his knuckles are beat up, right? Like scabbed over. And uh, wait, where did she say here? It says, uh, Vic, your hand. I didn't notice it last night. You were too busy to notice anything. She's giving mm. it to her good, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Because then she says, don't boast. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Some clever dialogue from Denny O'Neill there. But by the way, but yeah, if we were to read all this dialogue, uh, this guy's a dick. This uh, 
Kind of, yeah. Victor, you know, not kind of. He's an asshole. Like, he is not likable at all. You know? Uh. They're trying to they're trying to make him like super hardcore, I guess, like because mm-hmm. this is after dark, like you know the Dark Knight and all that shit. Right? Sure, so sure. They're trying to make this guy real badass, but he just comes across as a dick and not likable. And I could not give a damn about this guy. Well, the funny thing is, is when Denny O'Neill wrote Spider Man, he made him a complete asshole. <laughs> like there was one uh, issue where this woman was like. You know, aren't you going to help my uncle? And he's like, uh, your uncle works in the sea. I don't go in the sea. See you later. And he just swings away. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of moments like that in his Spider-Man. That's Denny O'Neill's a gimmick. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the girlfriend's t-shirt says Hardstone Cafe. Ah, uh, okay. Because they couldn't use the real one. Um, yeah, so he just bells on his girlfriend. And uh, again, he's wearing exactly the same outfit as he does as the question. He looks like the question. Right. Um, I, I don't know. He... We get some exposition in here about his uh, childhood stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird because the art, it's almost making it look like he's suiting up as the question, but he's not the question. He's just Victor Sage again. He's always the question. <laughs> right. So then he goes to visit uh, someone else here. Who is he going this to visit? This is his mentor. Um, I, his, his first name is Aristotle something. Um but he's like a, a college professor who right. was his mentor. And this is the guy who invented the putty mask. Right. And so he, he <laughs> helps him out in his adventures. And this is a weird scene. So for a superhero comic anyway. So he is complaining or not complaining, but he's pointing out that his mask is not sticking as well as it's supposed to. Right. Yeah. So he puts the mask on and then he releases the gas. And then the Aristotle looks in his face and he's like, it's reacting with the chemicals in your clothing and hair, and it seems to have reacted with your special aftershave to fix the mask in place. Oh, he goes, no, it is loose. Indeed, this does bear investigation. And then, oops, and then the next page, uh, as he's investigating, um, oh, it's later on. I'll get, I'll get back to that in a minute. So he just tells him that he needs some time to, like, figure out what's going on. Oh, no, did I miss it? Oh, I, I, sorry, I skipped a page. And this yeah. is the page where all of a sudden, in the middle of this superhero comic, Victor Sage lights up a smoke. Yeah. And uh, the, the guy's like, didn't you quit smoking? He's like, no, I started again, whatever. And so he's smoking, smoking, smoking. So basically the guy figures out, oh, I know why your mask isn't sticking. It's because it's mixing with the tobacco. So maybe if you stop smoking, your mask will work better. Yeah. You know? He's like, oh, I'll think about it, basically. So kids, don't stop smoking. Just think about it. Yeah. Yeah, 1987 was a wild time. Right. Uh, but yeah, he puts more putty. He keeps the putty in a belt buckle. And then he yes. pulls the putty out, puts it on his face and everything. But uh, yeah, man, the more I look at it, because we're seeing him in, in again with the mask, uh, I really think the way Sinkavich did it on the front cover is the way to go. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Yeah. But anyway. So then, so then uh, Victor goes outside and he sees this homeless guy. And he gives him some money, and then this is a security. Well, he's not just a homeless guy, I'm like oh, he's a guy he used to know as a reporter. Right. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Is the cop? Is this a cop or a security guard? I yeah, <laughs> I think it's a cop. And he walks up, and and he tells the homeless guy to beat it. And uh, Victor Sage grabs the cop and puts him in a hammer lock. That's why that's... I think he's got to be a security guard, right? <laughs> that's what you do to a cop. Right. You right. Put him in a hammer lock. <laughs> But see, yeah, so this is where we find out that Vic Sage actually knows the guy. And he's like, he was a reporter once, a good man, a punk from the old Binion gang, got mad and blew away his 
wife and three kids. If that happened to you, you'd hit the sauce too, you know? So, gives him a little lecture. Then, okay, another awkward scene. So then all of a sudden, that same security guard that was just being, like, chicken-winged by Vic Sage gets shot. And he again, goes, I think it's a cop, man, because he's got, like, the okay. badge on the on the hat and okay. the side holster with the gun in it. So I think it's a cop. So, yeah, but it's weird because he's just like, ugh. And then the homeless guy says, he's been shot. And then the guy is, like, slumped over Vic Sage's foot, kind of, but it just looks really bad. And then... um the question, or Vic Sage is like, take care of him. Then, okay, now again, I'm not a master storyteller, but to <laughs> me, if you're going to draw a character in the next panel running away from the action, wouldn't you draw him running the opposite direction? Because by doing it this way, it makes it look like, okay, is this the same street corner? Is it a different one? But just lo- logically, to make your eye go away from it, you draw him running the other way, but they don't. And so he's running, 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 and then he bumps into some guy with a mullet as Victor yeah, Sage. Yeah, I, I really didn't care. I didn't mind him running the way he was running, but I did mind the fact that he just, this guy just appears in the third panel then, and like just the guy with the mullet right. just out of nowhere, he runs into him and he loses the gun. Like you need to at least establish that guy right. in the previous panel, you know? Right, like, right, right. That's just so, bad. Yeah. So then Vic Sage uh, basically like tackles him, but then the guy somehow is already up again, punches him. Then Vic Sage hits him with a uh, the can of a garbage can. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the old ECW matches where they'd use the garbage can lids and stuff. <laughs> right, right. ECW, and, ECW. Yeah. And so, okay, now this is again more logistical nonsense because then <laughs> Vic Sage is like, the bullet was meant for me. Why? And then the guy says, your pal with the face. Cop the tape for me. Figured if I offed you, that'd make me even with the boss. They was going to hurt me. And then Vic Sage just goes, hurt you. And then I guess he punches him. And there's all this glass. Yeah, your your pal without the face. You know, the one who looks exactly like you. Same haircut, (laughs) same suit, same gloves, everything. And drives the same car. Same height, same weight, same everything. Because we can't see his eyes and his mouth. That guy, yeah, he took the tape. Right. (laughs) Uh, So then... So then he puts the guy over his shoulder, brings him to a cop car that just happens to be there, and then he's holding him up by his jacket. He kind of hands it off to the guy. And, uh, oh, yeah, and then he starts t- so he's talking to this cop, and I guess the cop's name... Oh, no, no, this is the Reverend. So this guy just walks up, and he's like, Mr. Sage, he's like, you're Hatch, aren't you? The Reverend Jeremiah Hatch at your service. And he's like, oh, the mayor's pet sky pilot, Right. And so, again, it's awkward because, like, where are they going? I guess they walk into... What the fuck? Yeah, I, I, I just read this. I don't even remember what happens. But <laughs> yeah, they... I guess they're going into the Reverend's little uh, charity place. But, yeah, he tells the... Uh, when he holds up the, the uh, shooter to the cop, he says, uh, you know, I, I'm, there I am doing your job again for you, officers. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Um, and he says, they wouldn't let me. I, I passed the IQ test. Because he says, why aren't you a cop? He says, oh, they want to let me. So right, this guy's right. a dick. This yeah. Is just a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. So then, so then the, someone in the studio goes, good afternoon, Reverend. All set for to tape tomorrow's sermon. Ah, uh, Mr. Finch, I prefer to think of my hum- humble efforts as messages, but yes, I'm ready. So then he starts doing this little thing on camera talking about, um, he's like, uh, Basically talking about Vietnam and uh, dissension and all this other stuff, and uh, and then and then basically, it's a sermon. 
We cut away. So that ends. We cut yeah, away. So I, I guess they were walking into the TV studio. Yeah, but yeah. where did was Vic Sage still here? Like, where did he go? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, he just yeah. disappears. It's confusing. So then we cut over to Jimmy's bar, and we see some guy having a drink. Do we know who this is? Yeah, the, mm. the guy on the left is the guy who was in the shack uh, that he beat oh, up. Oh, right, right, right. And he was the guy in the alley that killed that dude. He was right. holding him while the other guy shot him. And then the, the guy on the right is the homeless reporter outside the station. Who? Uh, oh, right, right, right. Well, good thing you're paying attention. Yeah. So then the redhead guy gets into the car with Lady Shiva. And <laughs> oh, my start- God. You know how I could remember them. They're all wearing the exact same clothes. Kind of like the question in Victor <laughs> yeah. Sage. That's right. That's how I could remember him, too. Uh, so okay, then anyway. <laughs> I, I love this scene. So the redhead guy gets into the car with uh, Lady Shiva. And then he kind of puts his arm around her and he's like, I figure you owe me for standing there while the no-face guy did a number on me. And then she grabs his hand. He's like, yow! And then the next page, she's like, well, if you ever... Well, my huh? God, he says something else. He says, yeah, you owe me. But he also says, let's say me and you go someplace where you can be nice to me. And yeah. And then he puts his arm... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so then she says, if you ever touch me again, I shall shatter three bones in your arm, the humerus, the radius, and the ulna. And then she goes on. I shall shatter them in such a way that shards will protrude into the nerves, causing intense pain. I shall shatter them in such a way that no Western doctor will, will be able to repair them. Man, if I had a dime for every time I heard that from a chick. But anyway, um, so <laughs> so he's like, she's like, do you understand? He's like, yeah. So then we cut over to... Vic Sage in his apartment with his girlfriend, smoking up a storm, right? Yeah. That's not going to help the mask stick to your face, Vic. Right, right. <laughs> um, so then anyway, oh, so then they, they so who is it, is it that's calling him? I don't remember oh, who's oh, setting him uh, up. When uh, the guy in the bar met with the homeless guy, the homeless guy tipped him off, or he told him, or that guy told the homeless guy, they, they rigged up something where he's supposed to tell Victor Sage to meet him at a dock or something. Right, That's right. what that meeting was about or something. Right. And so then the, the call comes through and he's like, Pier 26 at midnight. Puh. He's like, they think I can't smell a setup. And then his girlfriend's like, don't go. Hey, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So he's going to go anyway. Because he's a badass. Right. So then uh, we cut over to, um, uh, who's the, is this the Reverend again? Yeah. Okay, the Reverend is driving with who? Yeah, someone in the back seat there. Brother, is... Brother Furman? Um, I think that's the mayor, right? Or I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah, they're calling each other brother. But yeah, I think it's the mayor and the uh, Reverend. And uh, and then we cut back over to uh, Vic Sage. He's putting his mask on. He's becoming the question. He's l- jumping over a fence and landing, doing a squat. It's really awkward. <laughs> And then he's like, now it's all now it's snowing. So he walks into the snow and he gets confronted by Lady Shiva. And it's kind of cool because she's very casually just like, do you have a, do you have a preferred style of combat? And he's like, Lady, last time we met, you stayed out of it. Do yourself a favor and follow your own example. I don't want to hurt you. And she says, Don't you? And then the next page, she just beats the shit out of him, <laughs> right? Like flips him over, elbows him, elbows him, punches him, uh, kicks him, you know, like just beats the crap out of him. And then yeah, so, the, so this badass question gets just decimated. Right. By Lady Shiva. And then uh, and then like the other guys come in and then one of the guys hits hits him over the head with a pipe and his oh, head is pipe. bleeding and hits him again. And again and again. Yeah. They notice they use the same panel of the pipe hitting him in the head. They just like change the size of it to make it look different, but it's the same panel. 
Oh, that's like a good point. Them. I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah. That's lazy. So he gets clunked in the head like one, two, three, three times, at least three times of the, no, four, because then they're butt ended yeah. in the head. Yeah, he should, he would be so dead. Like, you know, he would just be right. super dead. And then that guy with the air gun goes over and he shoots him in the head. Right. Pretty violent. Gun. And, and so when, that... when they're t- picking up his dead body, Michael, the one guy says, hey, uh, look at this. Baby slug came out the back of his head. Air guns usually ain't that powerful. Right. Oh, well. To the river, brethren. And they just throw him in the river. Yep. They drop him in the river. He sinks down to the bottom. And then the narration says, down, down into the freezing depths. A minute passes, two, ten. As the husk of what had been Charles Victor Sage settles into the sand and is cold and silent and still. And then it says, the end. And we see his mask floating off his face. And that's it. That's the last issue of the question. Yeah. We can only wish. But Mike, yo, I, I, I had to read ahead. Because I'm like, uh, oh, wait a minute. Yes, I plan to as well. Because I was like, is this like a Spectre situation? Remember, like, the same thing happened to the Spectre. He went down to the docks to try and break up the crew. Right. He got shot, stuffed in a barrel, thrown in the river. And then the spirit of vengeance came and turned him into the Spectre. So I'm uh-huh. like, is that what happens here is the question? Like some uh, mystical hocus pocus? But no, he survives, Michael. Even though he was, he had his head crushed with a lead pipe several times, shot in the head of point point blank range with that air gun, thrown in a river, not for one minute, not two minutes, but ten minutes. He was underwater for ten minutes. He survives. So wait, you're telling me that? I, see, I thought this was like their <laughs> opportunity to kind of like reboot him and give him more powers. Does anything no. happen to him? No, that lady Shiva, she comes back and rescues him. Oh. And, and she, they even say it, it took her over 10 minutes to find him. And, it, and they say, usually everyone would drown by then, but you somehow survived. It's a miracle. Oh, see, that's bad. <laughs> and, the, and the air gun, they made, a, they made a point throughout the issue of saying that guy just uses an air gun with a pellet gun, and he has to get real close to kill people. So they, they were saying throughout the issue that it's not that powerful. And I guess, like, the mask that he was wearing slowed down the pellet, and then it hit his skull... Uh, flattened against his skull, skull, shot along the side, and came out through his skin on the back of his head. Uh-huh. So I guess theoretically that could happen. But if, but the lead pipes <sighs> to the head would have killed him. And then uh, the bullet to the head, and then the drowning. There's no way you survive all this. You just don't. You know? No, that's... Pr- see, because I thought they were setting up for something, like a new power or something. But no, it's just... Well, well, I think what happens... I didn't read the whole issue. I just saw that part. I'm like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. But that lady Shiva, she rescues him, and then he goes to train with her in some, like, wilderness somewhere. He learns, like, martial arts and the art of being, like, more zen-like. Because, uh-huh. well, uh, Steve Ditko was all into objectivism. Denny O'Neill, I guess, was all into uh, zen philosophy. Okay. And then, like, every issue after that, they would have some philosophical lesson to be learned or something. Okay. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess... So I don't know if he's still a dick from this point on. Maybe... They made him such an asshole in this issue because he, they're going to show how he changes and becomes a better human through this philosophy and everything. So I could kind of get that. But if you want me to care about this guy in this first issue, you have to give me something to like him. Uh-huh. And there is nothing in this whole book that would make me give a damn what happens to Charles Victor Saz or whatever. Uh... Nothing. Not one goddamn thing in this book. I like it his mask. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it would be better if it was flat, I think. But anyway. Um, and, uh, by the way, i got to point out one thing, two things. If you skip ahead to the very, like, De- Dennis Cowan does get better as he goes along. You can see yeah, his style like the, evolve. 
there's some panels in here that are really nice, and then there's just uh, some that not so much. And uh, I'd say towards the end of the book, like yeah, like you're saying, the end of the book's much stronger. Right. Than the beginning. He's probably just starting out, so that's probably why. But yeah, it's like again, that opening splash page is really cool. But it seems like he's one of those guys that's good at certain things. But as soon as you pull the camera back and you see action. And you can tell that he doesn't know where to place bodies, and he's not good at storytelling, right? Yeah, the storytelling was the biggest problem here. Right. But yeah, like, when there's a close-up of a face, some of them are really good. Like, yeah. Lady, Lady Shiva's face, uh, Vic, Victor Sage's face. I'm trying so... to see when he started, because this probably was something early in his career. And, mm-hmm. uh, because it seems like a rookie penciler. Well, I also got to point out that I didn't even, I forgot about this, but in 19, what year was this? This was 87. Yeah, but in oh, 2010, yeah. after it was canceled, they brought back, they came back and they did a 37th issue of The Question, and it was by Denny O'Neill and Dennis Cowan. So they came back, they reunited, which is very cool. Yeah, uh, Cowan's, his first uh, work was in 19... Well, his first published comics work was a three-page story in Weird World Tales 93 in 1980. Mm. So that's pretty good. That's a... It's a seven year later, I guess. Yeah, I guess he should be better, but... Well, I mean, he's never been one of my favorite artists, but I do like his style. He's pretty got a pretty cool style. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here, too. But yeah, the storytelling was a problem. Right. Um, so, not the best. Uh, the, the writing was really annoying to me. Um, just, just Danny O'Neill trying to hammer home that this question is such a badass. And right. There's a discussion he has with Aristotle about literature and philosophers that was really heavy-handed. And, uh, pretty right. terrible. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like any of this. And I, w- I actually did want to like it, Michael. I really did. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I just, the stuff about his, his, his still wearing the same suit, nothing changing. Like, it's just ridiculous. The, the red Volkswagen Beetle? Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh. and, and the thing, too, about the art is that it's just, it doesn't, like, in a way, it's cool because it's kind of, it's a little bit gritty, but it doesn't really suit... Well, I guess it's just not good enough for the character. Like, if this came out later on, it'd probably be like a Darwin Cook type artist or something like that. I'm not even sure if you know who he is, but uh, you I don't mind. I think the style could work because uh, you're trying to mm-hmm. if you're trying to be gritty and stuff, and Cowan sort of has that feel to him. But um, you, you would like something cleaner, like isn't? I don't know. Um, just something like I do like the grittiness, but I guess this he's just not that good an artist yet. And like instead of focusing so much on like drawing the detail of the question and Vic Sage's face, make it a little bit more like Alex Toth, like, uh, you know, shadowy, right. And mystical, like, like play up, like, you know how in the first Batman movie, when Batman appears, the people who see him, they don't, they don't know what his power is. Like they think he's like, it's all mystical. So they should play that up in this comic where everyone thinks he's, you know, mystical and has all these powers with the gas and everything. But the fact that he just walks away, gets into a, a red Volkswagen, pulls <laughs> like off needle. his mask, like there's no mystique to anything, right? Yeah, I hear you. Mm. Yeah, I like the gimmick. I like the idea of the question, but mm. the execution was pretty bad. Didn't it? Like, yeah, I agree. Well, that's another, right? That's another uh, strike against Denny O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What do you give uh, the question? Why? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I did want to read what happens next. So I was going to give it an extra point. But, but now so that lame. I know that it's yeah. not good, I think the highest I can go is four out of ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll go three. Uh, and that's giving it a point for the uh, 
Sienkiewicz cover as well. Yeah, that's a good cover. Yeah, I just did not enjoy this at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry question. (laughs) I like the idea, though. Yeah. uh, Surely by now they've had to have other series of the question, right? Here in 2022, there had to be another run of it somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean... There's been versions of it ever since, but I, I, n- none of them have really caught my eye, so I'm not sure how good any of them are, you know? So I'd like to see someone else's take on this. Right. <laughs> like just make it a little better. Right, right. But, uh, all right, so there it is, the question, not so much. Uh, Mike L., <laughs> next week it's my pick, and uh, for only the third time in the history of this year, uh, fake radio show or podcast or whatever, I'm going to pick a book from uh, DC Comics. Whoa! What's the occasion? Well, this is one of my favorite guys when I was a kid, and uh, we haven't picked him yet. And I, I just kind of remembered we hadn't picked him because I was going to pick something else. I was like, okay. wait a minute. We never did that guy. So uh, next week, from 1978, Black Lightning, issue 10. Whoa, yeah. nice. Yeah, we never did Black Lightning, right? No, this is number 10? Yeah, we're going to go number 10. Because wow. uh, it, it seems like you've been picking a lot of issue 1s lately, and I picked uh, issue 1 at 18 last time. And, and the idea of flea market fantasy is you're supposed to just pick random issues that you find uh, in a flea market somewhere, you know? So I, I was going to go number one because number one has a nice cover and everything. But I was like, ah, let's go something else. So in issue 10, uh, a circus is involved. So I'm like, all right, let's do that. Yeah, circus. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is I believe if this is by Tony Isabella, then I've read this. Yes, it is Tony Isabella. Yeah. There you go. So I've definitely read this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it again. Oh, the <laughs> trickster. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the trickster. And I think uh, the artist is something like Trevor Van Dean or something like that? Trevor yeah, Van Trevor Von Eden, right? Von Eden. Yeah, right. Von Eden. Oh, maybe ah. it's Trevor Von Saz. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so that sounds week, like fun Blackling. to me. All right. There you go. So you can uh, listen to every episode of Flea Market Fantasy at www.comicbooksyndicate.com. Each week we pick a different comic book from the Bronze Age. One week I pick, one week Mike Dell picks. Be sure to listen to every episode, and until next Tuesday, disperse! Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.